Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. This is Vera Schmitz, co-host of The Dwell Podcast. I'm filling in for my sister, Natalie Abbott. And this is our last episode with Sadie. It has been so fun having her on the show. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, please go back. She is so wise and so kind, and you got to just listen to what she has to say about confidence. Um, So we're going to dive right back in here, Sadie. Um, And what I want to do, what I want to do starting this episode... Um, I want you to talk to your 16-year-old self, and I want you to tell them, your 16-year-old self, what does it look like to keep your confidence? Yeah, it's so good. Gosh, if I could tell my 16-year-old self something about confidence, I would just say remain in him. You know, I think it's the moments where you step outside of your relationship with God to seek something from someone else that you lose your confidence, that you lose. And it's interesting because it's really the things that the world will tell you will give you the confidence. It's typically the places that you lose your confidence, you know, mm-hmm. um, because when you get in that space of trying to do something to be confident where that space leads you is to the comparison of everyone around you. And then when you look to the next person and they're cooler than you, then you're not confident anymore. And they're prettier than you, then you're not confident anymore. And they're doing more in ministry even, then you're not confident anymore. But when you remain in him, there is no comparison because you are his original. You are his daughter and there. He's not comparing you. So you don't compare yourself. And oh gosh, that that's the place. I think the hardest place to be confident in is any place that you're comparing yourself to someone else. And even if you think you're better than them, you're still not confident because that's a cheap way to get confidence. And so definitely just remaining in him is the way to go. You talk about in your book, you go through the story of Leah and Rachel and how they're in this back and forth through the whole book and they want to be better than their sister. They want to be loved by their husband. Um, And it isn't until the very end when Leah, instead of saying, well, oh, hopefully my husband will love me now, she actually just praises God when she's given this child. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's exactly what you're talking about is like that comparison never, ever fills us up. Nope. Yeah, Leah and Rachel are a great example of that. It was kind of funny when I put that in the book. I was like, I put that verse in where it talks about how like a uh, man shouldn't marry sisters. I was like, this might seem like a weird <laughs> verse, but that's true. Um, and here's how it plays out. And yeah, Leah and Rachel were both so competitive against each other for the love of um, Jacob. And it really shows out in unfortunate ways. And it was like Leah just kept getting pregnant after pre- like pregnancy after pregnancy. But yet um, each pregnancy she got, it was with the intention that now her husband will love her or now her husband will see her. And that's that's actually a good example because I think so many people think that when they get something, then they're going to feel confident. When I get pregnant, mm-hmm. when I get the job, when I get the following, when I get the platform, then I'll feel confident. But Leah was not getting confident pregnancy after pregnancy until the minute that she said, this time I will praise the Lord. And when she did that, she actually had Judah. And from the tribe of Judah, we have Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is so cool because – um, confidence, you know, 
births confidence. Contentment births contentment, but jealousy births jealousy and envy, envy and gossip, gossip. It's like this chain reaction. And so the minute she stopped and praised God, good things happened. Mm -hmm. Generations were changed. And I just uh, think that generations will look different if you stop your comparing yourself to the person beside you. And we we talk about comparison like it's a little thing, mm. but it's a big thing. Yeah, it really like is. It, it's an it's almost like this easy sin to admit, right? It's like, well, we all struggle with it, but it's actually like a detrimental thing, mm-hmm. you know, to people's lives. And so I think that people have to be serious about the effects that that has. And by all means, like do whatever you can to get to the place that you don't compare yourself to the next person. Oh, that's good. I I mean, I've, I've struggled with that myself, uh, watching the success of others. Totally. Um, it, it can feel like, oh my gosh, why not me? Then you start to like totally. question everything. Um, and it's so much better when instead you celebrate somebody else's success. And it might feel cheap at first to celebrate somebody mm-hmm. else's su- successes when you're jealous or you're comparing. Um, but that, just like you're saying, like if you are going to feed being grateful and and celebrating somebody else, that will actually start to come out of you more natural. Oh, totally. I I, uh, went through this time where I was jealous of someone and I just started praying for her and thanking God for her life and what God was doing through her. And it might sound like how that that's weird, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're really jealous. But no, actually, what that's doing is you're telling yourself to align with the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. It's saying, I'm not that feeling. I Just because I'm jealous doesn't mean that I'm going to stay jealous. I'm actually going to speak truth over that and bless her because my heart wants to do that. Mm-hmm. My soul wants to do that. And so I'm going to speak truth. And I think that so many times like we think because the enemy's like, oh, what a hypocrite you are, that you would say that when you really feel like this. But isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that what speak truth over our feelings? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that's wrong at all. I think that that's um, just telling yourself to get on with the program. Yes. Okay. So speaking of speaking things over something, um, you talk about in the book, you tell a story about Christian and how his past kind of was holding him back after Mm -hmm. he came to know Jesus and how our past a lot of the time can hold us back from fully walking in God's truth and his purpose for you. And so Mm -hmm. you say in the book, I'm going to challenge you to admit what you have been declaring over your past and then ask God to give you something new over your past. And I thought this was so profound. So I did it. And what I find myself, when I ask myself, okay, what do I, when I look back at my past, what do I say inside of me if I were going to put it into words? And I would say, man, I could have done that better Mm -hmm. in several different situations where I wanted more and I feel like I came up short. And uh, I was reflecting on this before we got on the call and I, I want the truth over my past to be that Jesus is better. Yep. He is. He is. He is. Everything that happened in my past is because it was supposed to be. I mean, there are choices that I made and things I could have done differently for sure. But like ultimately, Jesus's love covers every sin. Totally. Jesus's perfection covers all of my imperfection. And that's what I want my past. When I look back, I never want it to hold me back or to cast a shadow on my future with fear. I want to know that Jesus is over it all and ahead of what's next. 
Totally. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so cool that you did that in your own life because it's so crucial. I think it's so hard to move forward when you're holding on to so much in the past. And gosh, I saw that in Christian's life. I saw it in my own life because what that is, is like you're carrying shame with you constantly, like reminded of who you used to be, what you used to do. And um, the truth is like the gospel. I mean, it requires like a change. Like Mm. it really does. It brings you from dead to life, from old to new. And so the reality is the enemy wants you to think like it's bad if your past looked different but the gospel is like it's supposed to look different it's supposed to look dead but now you look alive it's supposed to be old but now you look new and so i don't want people to feel shame from their past i want them to feel that that's how powerful god is that Mm -hmm. he took you from that and now you're this And that's your testimony. That's what people are going to be inspired by. And so the enemy is just shutting us up from speaking our testimony. And uh, so that's so cool that you're able to do that. And I hope everyone does that, that they look back at their past and they they put the gospel over it. Mm. Okay, so I have a a real personal question. So what's up? um, If you if there was one thing right now, because like you talk about coming out of uh, needing the approval of likes and that kind of thing. But if there's one thing right now that tempts you to throw away your confidence, what would that thing be? Hmm, that's so good. I'm really thinking about that. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> I think it would just be my genuinely my own ability. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that always gets me the most is like, can I really do this? You know, and like, like even my book comes out, you know, my book's probably out by the time you all listen to this. I'm scared to death Mm. that my books have to come out. I just wrote a book that people are about to read. And it's so tempting to me to say like, gosh, like, who am I that I can write that? And like, is that even good? Is that even going to impact people's life? Like, I'm not a writer. So like, I don't even know if this is like well said or whatever. Like when I speak, I'm like, what if I mess up? Or what if I say something stupid? Or what if I Mm -hmm. say something I didn't mean? Or what if I'm misunderstood? And it's like my own ability or my own fear of what people are going to take from me or misunderstand me and that like it would make me feel the least confident. But it's then that like I have to remember like Moses had the same struggles and he was like, who am I that I can do this, God? And I have a speech impediment and I have this. And God said to Moses, I am who I am and the great I am has sent you. And I have to remember that like God is who he is. It's not about who I am. And that God said, like, I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. And when you speak that those words will come out. And so I just have to trust that these are not my own, but these are God's. But That is scary. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a real element of fear that comes with that and having to choose faith. And so, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I struggle with in confidence is just like fear of my own ability to actually do something worth reading or listening to, you know? No, for sure. Okay. So I got two more questions for you and then we're going to wrap up. One, I want you to give us some practical steps and like habits of interacting on social media. So you have this part in your book where you talk about like you stopped scrolling the search bar on Instagram. So can you talk through some of those practical things that are like, man, if you're in an unhealthy place and social media is affecting how you see yourself and the confidence that you have, what are some things they can do right now? Yeah. So I'll give you two super practical things. 
One is kind of what I did. I, I stopped looking at like the Explorer page or popular page or whatever. Um, and I stopped looking at like any kind of any Explorer page, whether it's TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Because the Bible talks about guarding your heart for it's the wellspring, like from this, like the spring of life. Um, so that's really important that we guard our heart because from it, everything will flow from it. It's the wellspring of life. Okay, well, how can you guard your heart if you have no idea what social media is going to choose to pop up mm-hmm. in your life, you know? And so sometimes you'll be scrolling on the Explorer page on Instagram and you're like, whoa, like, that's not what I wanted to see. But like Instagram just decided to show it to you. Or you're on TikTok and you're scrolling through and you're like, gosh, I did not mean to see that, it, you know? And sometimes that gosh moment is not a gosh moment. It's a, oh, I'm interested in this, or it leads to a lustful thought, or it Mm -hmm. leads to a sinful thing, or it leads to a comparison thing. And so sometimes it's like a shock and you're like, whoa, okay, I just got to turn this off. But sometimes it actually leads you into a really dark path. And so I think that that's a part of guarding your heart. Don't let yourself see stuff that you're not following. You know, if you didn't click the button follow and choose to allow that in your life, then don't, don't, get on it. Don't look at it. The second practical thing I would say is if you are in a place that you're struggling with social media, delete it. Like simple as that. Delete the app and don't get it back until you're healthy. Mm. Don't get it back until you sought out Jesus. You feel completely secure in who you are. Your heart is pure and you're able to do it because I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, the old classic, if everyone dropped off a bridge, would you do Mm -hmm. it? You know, it's like, okay, well, what if like everyone is on social media, but what if no one's healthy? Would you do it too? Mm-hmm. Like, don't do it. Delete it. Get healthy and get back on when you are. Oh, that's great. That's so great. And I've seen the fruit of that for sure. Um, and okay, so last question, and it's not even a question. I want you to do something for our listeners because I know a lot of people, they want to be confident in God. They want to follow him. They want to love him and love others well. And I just have a sense that we need a pump up. We need to be sent out. And so like we're talking confidence, we're talking courage. I don't want to throw it away. And I want you to send us off with a message, a Sadie Robertson Huff message, get us fired up to go out (laughs) and not throw away our confidence. That's great. Well, hey, here's the thing. The biggest pump up that you can ever have is just a reminder of who God is. And so at Passion, I did this thing where I literally read through uh, what Priscilla Shire wrote Mm. of who God is, but I didn't even have to read through it because I know it. And I'll tell you this morning, right before I came to do interviews all day for my book, guess what I listened to? Priscilla Shire's message. And I listened to her speak over the words of who God is, that he is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation, the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. She goes on to say he always was, he always is, he always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. And she just declares who God is. And so I challenge you, if you want to be confident and you want a daily confidence boost, get to know the character of who your God is. Word, like speak it out, say it over your life. Because when you know who God is, you will know who you are. When you are confident who God is, you will be confident who you are. When you know the plans of God, you'll be confident on the walk that he brings you on, whether it's what you thought it would be or it's not. And so I love, you know, Joshua, whenever he says, um, have I not commanded you like be strong, courageous, do not be terrified. But then the amazing thing is, because I think sometimes we hear that and we say, 
well, how am I supposed to do that, God? How am I supposed to be strong and courageous? How am I not supposed to be scared? How am I supposed to do all that? It's the following thing that God said that's important. He said, don't be, for I am with you, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Mm. And friends, that's the thing that makes you confident. Not the the first part where God's like, don't be scared. It's not you pumping yourself up to be like, I'm not scared. I'm totally confident. It's not like false confidence. It's actually knowing he's with me, the Lord, my God, that first and the last, that beginning and the end, the one that's never changing is in me. He's with me. And so because of that, I don't have to be afraid. I can walk confidently in the things that he's called me to. And so as you get to know him, gosh, you'll be so confident in who you are and what you're called to do. Sadie, thank you for leading us. Thank you for having this conversation. I cannot wait for everybody to read your book. And, um, We love you and God bless everything that he is doing through you. Thank you. And thank you all for everything you're doing and teaching the scripture and getting it out there. Gosh, it's so good. It's so awesome. And I appreciate y'all so much. Thanks, Sadie. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.